My algorithm is baby goats. It's basically just farm life. So cats, mm. animals, farm life, a couple recipes, but really it's, pr- it's pretty much strictly animals. You're listening to Skip Intro with me, Krista Smith. I feel very lucky to have Jennifer Lawrence in the studio with me today. She's currently very pregnant with her first child, but she still made time to be here with us. Seeing Jennifer, it's impossible not to think about her breakout role in Winter's Bone, the first performance to earn her an Oscar nomination. Since then, she stole the show in films such as X-Men, The Hunger Games, American Hustle, and of course, Silver Linings Playbook, which won her an Oscar for Best Actress. However, in 2018, after a decade of stardom, Jennifer took a three-year hiatus from Hollywood to focus on herself and her other interests. Now, she's returned to acting with an outstanding performance as the fiery Kate DiBiaschi in Adam McKay's disaster comedy, Don't Look Up. Stay tuned as we talk about all this and more on today's episode. So good to see you. It's like been a minute or or a ways, I don't know, three years, two years, I don't know. It feels like a long time. Yeah, we always just take long jumps. Right? Just... Yeah. And then bounce right back to where we left off, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> Congrats on the movie. It's amazing that this film feels like it came out of nowhere, but I know it it didn't. But it's done huge. More people have watched this film on Netflix. I mean, it's in the top, you know, who knows by the time this airs if it's going to be number one, but it's definitely in the top five of all watched movies on the platform. And all-star cast. And what I loved most about it, selfishly, was seeing your name billed first. So congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Having having been with you from the very beginning of your career, I loved seeing that selfishly. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, and when I, I had Adam uh, McKay on the podcast, and he's such a fun, great, smart interview. Yeah. But he had said that it was you were his first, you know, call and that you immediately responded. And I just want, if you could just take me through a little bit about that when he reached out to you, like what made you jump so quickly to do this project? Um, well, I jumped at, at Adam McKay. I've, uh, I've always been a huge fan. Um, and I've wanted to work with him for years. And then when I heard what it was about and and how he was kind of tackling the climate crisis, it was obviously genius. And then I read it and it was, it was perfect. It was hilarious. It was scary, <laughs> you know, anxiety inducing. Um, I, I, I mean, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't say yes fast enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is so funny. When I watched it, I did have all those emotions you just said. I was like terrified and then laughing so hard about like how right it was about what we the, just all the social media stuff and especially what happens to your character, Kate. It, it's like you kind of um, we <laughs> yeah. see we live through you about, you know, what would happen in, in this world when you actually say the truth. Just kind of amazing. So what about him as a director kind of exceeded your expectations? He is like the most brilliant person I've, I've ever met. I mean, his, in, like just his intellect alone is um, jarring. <laughs> um, and I guess I wasn't really surprised by the freedom. Like the, just he's so, he knows what he wants and what he doesn't want so well 
that the the vibe on set is so extremely relaxed. Like there's just, there's no, he doesn't really have anxiety around letting you try this or letting you try that or um, because he just, he, he knows it and he knows the tone inside and out and just is there to answer any question like he just, he, he knows it. The improv on the set is something he talked about, and he believes what I loved. He's like, I hired the, the right actors to do their job. And everyone has like a different, obviously, approach to, to how they get into character and whatnot, especially with a cast like that. There's so many giant ensemble. Is there excitement or anxiety when you know you're going to be improving everything? I mean, I know it's not all improv. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 anxiety inducing <laughs> for sure, especially when you're like dealing with like Jonah Hill, who's an absolute master and an asshole and like, a huge asshole. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like but the way that Adam does it is really helpful because he would do like he can tailor his talent, his directing talent for whoever he's dealing with. So you know, for Jonah, he just let Jonah go. And like, uh, for some people, he would call things out, you know, over set. He kind of like tricked me into not because I would just be like, I don't improv, like, just tell me what to say. Like, I'm not, you know, like Jonah's looking at me like, no, I'm not doing this. And instead, Adam and I face to face would just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and, and just kind of try different iterations. And then whichever one ended up being, you know, the funniest, we would go and try that. And then and then I would remember some from our like face-to-face -face trials. Cause I would just, I, I, I that would just, I, I'm not like brave enough to just like go in front of, you know, a, a huge set of people and like say the first thing that comes to mind that, that I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did see, I saw that outtake of, um, it was on TikTok. I know, don't, that's right. I went down the TikTok poll. You're in safe company. <laughs> <laughs> like really, you get in that and you never get out. It is like, how did an hour pass? Anyway. Yeah. So I watched the Meryl Streep outtake of her improving 20 different responses to that phone call and that big giant Oval Office. Yeah. I mean. And she did that completely on her own. <laughs> Every take was different. That's what I mean. There was no way I was going to just show up and just be like, yeah, let me give it a shot. <laughs> there were real, real legends uh, around. Yeah. And like Meryl was so funny. And I, I remember just being like, I don't, in all of the things that you are preparing <laughs> when you're going to meet and work with, Meryl Streep, like, you know, that's funny is not, you're like, what? You're also a comedic and improv genius? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know she really is the goat. And I love that story. There was yeah. some story, but she didn't even know what the goat was, which makes her even more the goat. <laughs> is that I she know, doesn't that even so know. so funny because like Jonah ended up I told him what happened and he was obviously horrified because he was the one that, you know, called her the goat the most. And then we both went off and did talk shows and didn't discuss with each other that we were both going to tell that story. So we both told the story at like the same time. <laughs> well, I should tell uh, our listeners who who might have not seen that is goat is the greatest of all time. But Meryl thought that she was just being referred to as get that old goat uh, to set or <laughs> literally as totally an animal. Okay with that. <laughs> and that's the best part. <laughs> 
<laughs> she loved she loved the nickname. Let's talk about Kate Dibiofsky's wardrobe because that was something I really responded to also. I mean, well, Susan Matherson has been working with Adam McKay for I mean, like for for years through all of his movies and I see why. <laughs> she's just she's brilliant and we had so much fun with Kate because it was just, it was obviously a very different character for me. And I spoke to another astronomer and was just like, what, what's a girl's vibe in this class? You know, they're like under 2%. It's very heavily male. So if you're a female going into this world, do you want to disappear? Do you want to stick out? Do you, you know, like, and, and, she was like, well, there's, you know, there's both. And there's, and obviously I knew just from reading the script, like Kate is definitely not one to like hide in the shadows. So it was fun to kind of start getting into that mindset of like, of somebody who really wants to make a statement with their look um, and is like younger than I am. So that was just like exciting to get into. And, um, and so we started pulling these, like we started with just like t-shirts, just like, what is her basic you know, kind of t-shirt. And, um, and then from there we, we got into the hardware (laughs) on her nose and on her ears. And then the wig was, I mean, I, I know how hideous it was, but I don't know how to describe how it felt when they, we were trying all of these different colors and these different cuts. And, you know, I'm just like in a bald cap and they just keep, you know, sliding them on. And that one went on and I was just like, oh my God. There she is. When you said that, obviously, there's not a lot of women in this field. Did you did you do a lot of research to get into this in terms of getting into Kate that way? No, Leo did. Um, and you can definitely tell the difference in our performances. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I obviously wanted to know what I was saying, like in a general way and like make sure that I was... But, um, and so I thought I was like, I was like, yeah, I prepared. Yeah. I asked the question. I know what this means. And then I, I, by the time I met up with Leo, who was like, well, I just wrote out, you know, six pages of, you know, like the Oort cloud. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, no, I'm not prepared. (laughs) Well, I love, uh, you're, you had recently in the Vanity Fair article, the one that I didn't write because um, I don't work there anymore. Uh, you had, you had, uh, Meryl had had a great comment about watching both of your acting styles and how, you know, the struggle is real for, for Leo and how you just arrive and it like just comes through you. But talking about Leo, how was it to work with him? I mean, wonderful. I just, he is so sweet and professional and just really, really fun to work with because it's just, it's easy. And as I said in my Vanity Fair article, it was also fun because we were both basically child actors. So there's so many like child actor inside jokes that were fun. Um, And he's, I mean, he's incredible. He's he's awe-inspiring. He really is just like, such a gifted actor and a complete dork mm-hmm. all all wrapped into one piercing blue-eyed little package <laughs> you you said that you're a kid actor uh, obviously you know you were watching other actors so what was that leo movie that landed on you when you were thinking about acting or or pursuing it 
Um, well, I mean, Leo was a boy, so I think, <laughs> I don't think other than, other than just like, oh my God, that's my first love. <laughs> I don't, I didn't really feel like, I mean, I rem- I think weirdly, I think Romeo and Juliet was my first look at Leo. And then everybody in school was talking about Titanic. Right. I had to wait until it came out on v- VHS to watch it in two parts. Jack Dawson. Jack Dawson. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. He was, I mean, I remember this boy's life. It's just, it's incredible. He's, he's such, uh, he just de- delivers such every time, every time. He he's, really does. And I also can't express to anybody enough how sweet he is. I I wouldn't have expected it. It was like Meryl being, it was like Meryl being funny. Like I just did a, a very, very sweet, kind person. Mm. All right. And so you've got one kind of juggernaut here in uh-huh. Leo. And then you have this other like it boy phenomenon, blisteringly talented kid, Timothy Chalamet. In yeah. the middle, you have one brilliant Jennifer Lawrence. So Timothy Chalamet, talk to me about him as well, because you guys have some amazing scenes together some very funny and very touching scenes I mean it was just hilarious because like it's just it, Timothy is he's just like he's a fireball you know of talent and I just felt so old and like maternal <laughs> <laughs> which was <laughs> which was hilarious to like you know have like, for us to be playing romantic <laughs> partners and to like to be switching from like, I literally felt like his babysitter or like mother on set. And I was like, oh, did you, did you, are you warm enough? Did you, you know, to like making out with him? It's just odd. And, and, and I know that Leo kind of felt a similar way. I mean, we both, we both kind of, we had similar experiences to just kind of like, just everything really exploding and happening really fast. And, you know, the, um, and so I, I know that Leo kind of felt, felt similar to me like let's we got to take this guy under our wing and you know make sure he's okay and so I don't know I mean I I I don't know I I felt like I was kissing somebody that I was babysitting for (laughs) (laughs) who's immensely talented (laughs) well it is it 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 feels it feels a little like you like his career he kind of like shot out of a cannon I mean he'd been around for a little bit as a kid obviously uh, acting and then all of a sudden he was like everybody's discovery at the exact same time yeah and he's just he's just a sweet little ball of fire and and it's just like wide-eyed and like ready and I think Leo and I were both like oh, god <laughs> who's, who's gonna protect this kid <laughs> oh my god um all right so you're about to have a baby. So that's yeah, exciting. That's exciting. Um, Not soon enough. <laughs> I'm pregnant for 40 years. Right. It feels like that at the end. And I just, I have to say, it's going to sound super corny. So forgive me, listeners, and forgive me, Jen. But I'm really proud of you for fucking getting off the wheel and getting a life. Oh my and God, I just think you. like it's it's so hard to do that. And especially in this business when you just want to say yes, 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 to get off and say no. And it'd be like, wait a minute, I need to figure out a life. Otherwise, I'm going to huh. live my life on sets. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm happy I did that too. And it, and it can really, it's enriching my creative life so much more, um, you know, to have 
I don't, I don't want to say like real experiences, but, <laughs> um, but to inform, I don't know, the creative process. It's much better than just kind of, you know, living in the Truman Show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then going off and trying to play somebody who's not living in the Truman Show. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. And I'm so excited for you and everything oh, that's going to come. But I am very proud of you. And also, the oh, you know, what you've been doing with Represent Us and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's not insignificant either. Oh, thank you very much. I, well, it just like it's hard to feel like you're making a difference. You know, it's just it's so frustrating. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I know. I feel I feel like it, especially as we've been living in COVID, it's like it's really it feels yeah. like two steps forward, one back. And, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to think that even you made this movie in the middle of COVID and, and yeah. Like, but we're just, it's all the new normal basically now. It's not even a story that you made the movie in COVID. It's like, duh, yeah, duh, they made the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, COVID. life is COVID. <laughs> I know. And I think we all felt like that, you know, you, you do something like, you know, like with the represent us, I like make a movie like this and you're like, oh my God, let's change minds. And then the problem is like, everybody can agree with you, you know, but we are not the 1%. We're not the, the politicians. We're not the people who bought the politicians. So it doesn't matter. So anyway, now I'm just going to get grumpy. You know, my generation, we're cooked, right? We can still try. But like for you and for, for Timothy's generation and even my sons who are, you know, going to be voting, one's going to be voting in, in four years. What do you hope they take from, from this movie and watching that kind of entertainment? And not like it's supposed to be the a life-changing experience, but there is great... It is really like what all great films do. They hold up a mirror to society. They hold up a mirror to ourselves and we get to watch it and laugh at it and, you know, cry at it or rage at it or whatever. But what, what do you hope that people kind of take away from this film? I hope the takeaway is that there are we have to address the gigantic existential issues before we can start like bickering about who should be president because of taxes or, you know, we have to set aside our our smaller indifferences for the one thing that we all have in common, which is that we all need this planet. And, you know, you have to vote like it's the most important thing in the in the world because it is. It literally is. I mean it literally is. <laughs> and I'm using literally correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the Poker House, because I'll never forget that experience, right? Now, watching that movie, so I went with Selma Blair, who you know is a, a very old, dear dear friend of mine, and you have to watch her documentary if you haven't. But I remember sitting in that audience in Westwood and watching that film and being like, who is that girl? Obviously, you played Selma's daughter, oldest daughter in that film. And afterwards, you guys all came on the stage and it was very low key. It was like a kind of a Q&A and you were like perfectly surly teenager. And it made me love you even more. I was like, oh, wait, who is that <laughs> again? <laughs> who has that attitude and who confidence? That Who's that has so much confidence at like 16 or whatever you were? And then... <laughs> When we, the next time I saw you was Sundance and Liz Mahoney, who's been your, you know, rep for a very long time was like, Christy, you have to, we were coming because I had seen Winter's Bone and I was like, oh my God, it's the same girl. Oh my fucking God. And you were like <laughs> running up Sundance to come in. It was like my first time doing the video series of which it was like our first of many interviews, but it's been amazing to watch you. 
and to just see this whole thing you know, unfold. And I wonder, it's like your life is changing in such a degree. I wonder how you view like the last 10 years of your life. I don't, it's so, I mean, it's so hard because you, you know, the last 10 years, like just your brain itself, just going from like being a teenager to through your twenties and then entering your thirties, you know, just like your brain changes so much. So my, like, my experience because you don't really you don't really like feel something like fame or something because it's happening to you it's 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 impossible to kind of like digest you have to just digest everything one at a time as it's happening like okay this person is treating me this way these people are following me this I've I can't say this kind of stuff on interviews anymore you know just like it just kind of um God, but I think like having um having like a an outlet like a an artistic outlet was so helpful uh to me in that time of trying to adjust to this weird life while also doing the like trying to please you know my parents and like everybody and you know like all of the normal things that come with growing as a as a twenty something year old and I'm so happy I had like the um the structure of the hunger games and x-men you know these like structured kind of things to to focus on and kind of put a lot of that energy into and then came out of it and was like what's life what is all of this and so i don't know so looking back on it is just it's like it's like impossible it's impossible to kind of comprehend Mm-hmm. Well, you had a lot, a lot of life in, in 10 years, that's for sure. A question I was asking everybody this season is about fear. And obviously it makes a lot of sense because we're, you know, we have a whole other level of fear in our daily lives now. And also in this film, one of the things that I love about it is the way this film deals with fear. And when Kate like goes home and she thinks she's finally going to get the warm cocoon of mommy and daddy and they're like, hey, we like the jobs this is going to bring. See you later. So I've had my own experience with this, obviously, with the fear and being a mother and kids and COVID and just the world. So I decided to ask everybody that I was interviewing, how is your relationship with fear these days? And it's been really interesting conversation that we've had. So I'm going to ask you this as my last guest of this season. It's the last time I'm going to be asking this question. How is your relationship with fear these days? Even in terms of the business or obviously you're going to be a mother or the world, anything. No wrong answer. Um, it's up and down. There are, you know, I'm, I'm my, my biggest fear and the thing that keeps me up at night, especially as, um, as a mother is the future and what it's going to look like. And, you know, so many unknowns and that can really undo me. And then when I'm, when I'm not being undone by it, you know, when I'm on and up, (laughs) it's, you know, there are so many things from from the past that we could have never foreseen. You know, when we were when we were riding horses and buggies, and there was the manure crisis, we could have never foreseen a car coming. So there's reasons for hope for the future. It's not all it's not all doomed, and we will adapt. And you know, who are we to think that we 
are the only ones to escape extinction. You know, if, if we, if we're meant to be extinct, then we're meant to be extinct. I know that's so dark, but it's kind of like that helps me on airplanes, you know, instead of fighting against the fear. And I'm just like, okay, if the airplane goes down, it's, you know, being scared isn't going to stop it. Like it's gonna, it's gonna happen. So I kind of do that with extinction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that is yeah, I mean, the thing, <laughs> no, but the thing about that is like the dinosaurs didn't know the lava was coming. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know? And I yeah. feel like part of us. They but, didn't all get to like take a vote. Like, should we do something about it or should we just keep doing the same thing? And everybody was like, I think we should just keep doing the same thing. <laughs> At least we don't know that they were able to take a vote, right? Well, we would assume yeah. not. Um, yeah, no, I know the airplane. I, I, I was deeply uh, affected by that story about that you experienced. I'm not an easy traveler either. And I always think about that, like the worrying's not going to change anything. So what am I doing yeah. worrying? It's pointless. Uh, I do want to talk about promoting a movie while pregnant. And that moment on the red carpet in the dress was gorgeous oh thank you we love that you know it was so embarrassing there was one moment because I it had been so many years like since I had like done a red carpet and like of course anytime I'm on TikTok if there's like anything of me in my early 20s that like I cannot watch it it's just so I'm just like like so hyper and I'm just and so I was so excited like I was like, I'm going to go to the premiere. I'm going to be very serious. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be grown up. Like I'm a mother. And, and there was like one single second where Jonah was making fun of me because I ended up going where we were all going to get photographed. I ended up being there first and I was standing there and Jonah was like, look at JL. She loves it. She loves it. And I flung out my arms like, like that for like one second and of course that was like a picture that was everywhere and it was really (laughs) really embarrassing um so that was my takeaway (laughs) from the red carpet but yes that that Dior I mean it was so nice you know they they Dior Maria Grazia designed my wedding dress and then she designed that dress for you know my first pregnancy it's just very special yeah, it's a beautiful moment. And I love that Jonah was even a dick on the red carpet. Gotta love that about him. Yeah, he always has time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on a TikTok, I, I just need to know, for mine, the TikTok always started with like someone cutting fruit or making, and then it just goes into like a dance, K-hole, or I'll just watch. Like what? What's, what's my it, algorithm? Yeah, what's in your algorithm? My algorithm is baby goats. Like it's farm, it's basically just farm life. So um, cats, mm. animals, farm life, a couple recipes, but really it's pre- it's pretty much strictly animals. Okay. Is there one in particular? Do we want to shout out one TikTok? Oh my God. Um, yeah, but I can't, what's her name? Um, it's mommy, uh, she's a mommy farmer. Where is it? She, um, well, God damn it. Whatever. I wish I could help her. I can't useless. Um, but her goat had triplets and there was a really tiny one that we didn't think was going to make it through the night. And she did. And her name is Ruthie and she is doing beautifully. Oh, I love that. A baby goat named Ruthie. All right. That feels like a perfect note to end on. (laughs) 
<laughs> on baby Ruthie. On baby Ruthie. It's great to see you, Jen. Good luck with everything in the next. So good to see you always. Coming month, and we will be in touch. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to NetflixQ.com for more. That's NetflixQueue.com. 